Hello and welcome to episode number 369 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. I have to say I'm still on that high from last week's show. Um, just getting to talk about something so exceptional. I feel like we could just do round two this week because um, there's just so much yes, to cover could. Yeah, with, uh, with House of Usher but... Uh, as is the, uh, I guess, the forward momentum of this show is that we always have to keep moving forward. So, you know, we don't get time to just look back and linger in it. Like, I could have spent a month um, just on that show alone. But uh, there's other stuff to talk about. There's other TV shows. There's other films. Um, pretty big film uh, just come out that yeah, we'll indeed. be discussing shortly. Um, I did have a moment, though, when I was on my Netflix and just mm. seeing House of Russia, like especially with it being the spooky season right mm. now and i was like start it again damn, i've seen it all i was <laughs> like god damn it like <laughs> i wish it was still there for me to watch i know like, how crazy time. is it to just rewatch it instantly <laughs> mm. i know you were doing that with the last of us weekly and i feel like this is another one yeah. of those shows that is just that good it, you know you wouldn't get sick of it i don't think i um, don't I, I will never do a tv show like i did <laughs> you uh, were crazy because like even like, because like I've been enjoying Chucky, and like mm. because I know there's so finite, I have been tempted to watch like the odd episode again, mm. and I'm like, nah, let's not be silly. Whereas Last of Us, I'm sh- I, one of them I watched like seven times. Yeah, I, I literally just watched it every night for that week until the next episode <laughs> came. <out. laughs> that is amazing. Like I, that was just—I've never done anything like that. It was a whole other level of just losing my mind. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was what time? It was what so time? good. I know. Like that, being in it, that that is to me what is some of my all time favorite TV experiences. And like, of course, mm. I'll always go back to Lost. But like, I remember being in those moments of those great TV shows, and, and it is something that you miss nowadays with something like House of Usher and Stranger Things, where like you know we kind of watch it in different times and we get to talk about it, of course. But having that weekly event um, mm. when it's when it's worthy of that, um, and The Last of Us absolutely was. Like, I could not imagine if they just said like, oh yeah, there's five episodes to watch. Like, I'd have to. I'd have to force myself to contain it and only watch like a minimum one a day because I'd need to savor it that much. But uh, yeah, such a good time. Um, But yeah, going into the news this week, um, this first one's pretty interesting. And luckily, we uh, do get to keep talking about Mike Flanagan. Um, But this is his his new project. Of course, he's returning finally after about five years away by the time this comes out, um, back to the film world, adapting a uh, Stephen King short story uh, called The Life of Chuck. Um, And there's basically a a full cast out there now that he's announced. So some of these we may have talked about before, and then there's kind of a few more that have been added. But... um, Just to go over them quickly, um, because there's a lot, and I'm not going to go over all of them, um, but the sort of main cast is um, uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, uh, Karen Gillan, who was last in Oculus, so this is like a a long time coming to her be back in a uh, Mike Flanagan project, Um, Jacob Tremblay, who's been in loads of them, Um, Tom Hiddleston, I guess that was it, so I think the first two that we got for this um, was Tom Hiddleston and Mark Hamill, Um, I remember talking about that in the news, and yeah, they're both in this. um, but then recently, we also got a couple of definitely horror legends um, in the form of one, Matthew Lillard, who uh, we'll actually get to talk about shortly for this Ooh, week's yeah. film. Um, and then also Heather Langenkamp. Um, nice. So he's bringing, of course, he's bringing his uh, his Wes Craven legends into fold. Um, 
and yeah there's a whole host of names here kind of just glance at it now we've got david uh dast malchian who's who's amazing um we've got kate siegel of course um we've got carl lumbly as well which is amazing um samantha sloyer and rahul coley so a lot of the a lot of the names that you'd expect and some new ones as well which is always good there's a it's crazy how many people they announce it is about 20 names yeah. there which like again this is a short story um and the little i know about it is it kind of tells um the story of like one man's life over like multiple different time periods um oh, yeah <laughs> it's one of those um yeah beginning in reverse so um or oh, sorry told in reverse beginning with his death and then going back to his childhood so uh yeah very i mean it sounds flanagan-esque this cast list is filled with names that we adore um and of course it's mike flanagan making a film so is there anything else to say other than fuck yeah inject it yeah no that's awesome but i'm i'm really glad that heather langan camp is back in the mm. flanagan project because obviously you know her being in you know my least favorite kind of project of his mm-hmm. um and you know that it was the worry was that he wouldn't bring her into his returning cast but you know now she's announced again so that's awesome obviously getting hamill again is sick as well so like i'm really happy mm-hmm. with those two obviously there's the people that are like given at this point yeah. where i'm like you know, I, I'm not going to get excited for Kate because I know that she's going to be there, but I should because she's always incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there, there's probably like half a dozen of people like that where I'm like, oh, they're just amazing and they're going to be in his projects. So I'm greedy that I then just get excited by the other announcements. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Um, <clears throat> even seeing names like Carl Lumley in there and, and definitely mm. Samantha Sloyan as well. Like she obviously was great in house of usher but like still think of her in midnight mass and how amazing she was um so yeah this is uh this is fantastic like say this is uh easily one to keep our eyes peeled for and there's so many like big films to look forward to so uh very very exciting um moving on to the next one actually a big film that just got announced in the last few days this is huge news um i never thought this would happen this is kind of insane really um because the, the movie it follows um which is a I think a modern day masterpiece. I really do. I think it was like the best of those movies that came out just before we started doing the show um is is you know one of the most original horror films I've ever seen um and kind of is in that bracket of the absolute elite that we've covered for the podcast for me um and it's so so cool and so yeah they are finally doing a sequel um so called they follow um and it will be david robert mitchell who was the writer and director he is returning for this film um and this, the film will uh, star the returning micah monroe um who of course we've seen uh, in many films since then and she's been exceptional in everything including this year probably her best performance um in god is a bullet so um wonderful news like i think this is one of those ones where if you'd asked me when I just saw it follows, do you want a sequel? I'd have said absolutely not. Like this is a perfect one and done that does not need to be touched. Um, and I would have felt that way for a long time. But I think now this will be a decade next year since this come out. And I'm way more open to an idea of a sequel. Um, I think it's cool that like he's waited this amount of time. He's gone off and made other stuff. And now he's revisiting this, this breakout hit. So I think and it also shows that he must have like a reason to do it you know if you if they follow comes out two years after it follow that very much feels like a sequel cash grab i don't think he's doing that 10 years later i think this is a he wants to make a sequel to his film um so yeah how do you feel i guess overall about 
not only there being a, a sequel to it follows but were you in the same category as me or were you kind of more open to the idea of a sequel yeah i mean i think we've both said you know multiple times on the podcast that it's a it's a great standalone movie um but as with everything you know um the right script comes along and the right idea then i'm down for it because it's a fantastic movie so you know our lead is announced our director's back at the helm so you know it's not just one of these cash-in um sequels with brand new cast and um people you know behind and in front of the camera um and yeah i'm just hopeful that like you the director has a great idea for this hence why it's taken a decade to come back to it um you know i think i think back to like uh don't breathe mm. when i'm like you know i, I was just I, thinking I really, about that as well <laughs> you know and and it felt like it was a cash in mm. you know and it was like was it a good movie don't breathe too you know yeah it was all right but like don't breathe is incredible mm. and would don't breathe just be better as a standalone movie than having this second movie and i'm like don't get me wrong you know you can still just watch this one movie but you know now we're talking about it being part of you know uh, having a sequel um it it does just pull it down a little bit to me you know that, that i'm like you know, and, and I remember like Happy Death Day was similar, mm. you know, and where these like incredible, just standalone, unique movies come out and then these sequels come out quite quick and they do sully it a bit. And so, yeah, my, my just my hope is that it just doesn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with all those points. I think both those movies are perfect examples. Like Don't Breathe is the one that I was thinking of throughout this whole thing where you mm -hmm. watch something that's so original, but it's such a huge breakout hit and it has such easy franchise potential um, with the characters. So I, it was kind of obvious they would do a sequel or even I didn't want it. And then, yeah, it's just because it's so quick. Like I say, if it had been a decade on from Don't Breathe, I would have been more open to the idea and I think everyone would. But yeah, this is... Uh, this is cool. Like I say, if it comes out and it's just like terrible, <laughs> then mm. obviously that's unfortunate. Um, but I don't yeah. think it will change like the legacy of it follows. Um, whereas like no. I say, if you, if you do it, it like two it. years after, it can do. Mm. And because it was the same director for um, Happy Death Day. Yeah, it, it was, yeah. Yeah, because obviously with Don't Breathe, it was different. Yeah. Um, because cause that's obviously, you know, I was thinking of the other side of that, which was Quiet Place, mm. where it was like, you know, we did not want a sequel to The Quiet Place. We were like, very much, that's a perfect movie. Yeah. And then, and now we got the sequel and we're like, you know, we've heard nothing about this third movie Yeah, in, in such a long time. I'm like, God damn it. We need it so badly after the end of the second one. Yeah. Well, we've um, got the spin-off one coming, haven't we next year? And that's it at the minute. Uh, yeah. But even that, like we, we just heard very little about. Yeah. I think it is coming next you know, summer. I, I assume it's still there. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you. Like they, they did exactly what the last of us did, where it was like this perfect thing that didn't need to be touched. They, they touched it and, and did an amazing sequel, but now that second part absolutely warrants the third part. And so now we are in this weird predicament where if we don't get these part threes, it is going to sully the overall thing. Um, and like I say, that's not to say that, um, I mean, the last of us part two is, is exceptional, but like we need a part three after that. Um, and the same with a quiet place is like outrageous. How, in my opinion, it ends on such a major cliffhanger. It's why I've, I've it's crazy that I've never rewatched that film. Um, like saw it once at the cinema and thought it was fantastic, but like I don't think I want to relive that right now, knowing that I'm going to watch a movie that has a fairly unsatisfying ending right now. Um, 
but uh yeah very very uh, excited for this one that's that's got announced um this next one's another sort of new film um just a quick one here um so this just had a prem is premiere at the bfi london film festival um new horror film called starve acre um and it's kind of been acquired for distribution and stuff seemingly for next year um now typically this would be one on my radar because it is a, a sort of folk horror film a british one um which mm. can be good but they're not i wouldn't say they're like our favorite wheelhouse um no. but there is two the kind of the two leads of this one is immediately like well we're like we're definitely going to watch this because <laughs> these are two people that we very much enjoy um which is it is matt smith <laughs> do you want to guess the I other just one knew it, it's, it's everything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do you want to guess who else would be in an indie british horror film <laughs> richard Drake. no it's a, it's a female um Oh, I don't know. It's uh, Morphed Clark. Um, oh, okay. fantastic. Yeah, so straight away, I see in those two names, I was like, well, well we have to see this. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's got a quick synopsis. I'm not actually going to go over it because it's quite wordy, but it is just like what you'd expect of a, of a folk-type film. Um, so it wasn't... It, reading the synopsis, it didn't grab me, um, but it's got, you know, it had a really good um, reception and to the point where it's been picked up by all these big distribution companies for next year. Um, it's always nice to see these British films as well doing well, and obviously with that cast, it, it makes it... <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, keep our eyes peeled for Starve Acre. Um, I'm very glad that Moy for it isn't just like bogged down waiting mm. for Lord of the Rings, you know. It's, um, That's a good point. Yeah, you know that 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 something like that as huge as Lord of the Rings is, it's kind of like she ain't got to do shit. No, like even even though there is this downtime, you know, it's the biggest TV show on the planet. Mm. So like just um, like in terms of budget, like you know she's she's good. So it's nice that she can just like have this freedom and go. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some in, you know indie British movies while while I wait for this uh, behemoth to come back. That's the thing as well that you just said. Like it's good that she has that freedom because that would be my mm. one worry if she's like the lead on this mega show that has so many spinning plates and like say has this insane budget that i assume they would have contracts that would mean like look you've now signed on to this and if it's a success you've signed on to x amount of seasons and we just need you whenever we need you um mm. i'm glad that she's you know maybe this was just like a very small project that she was able to fit in which is great because yeah this could have easily just been like a five-week shoot you know and that, and that could be like on the level of a saint maud type film so um yeah very very happy about mm. that um yeah and this last one's just a very small one um as it sort of leads into this week's film um because yeah five nights at freddy's um doing insane um unsurprisingly i'd say i think this is a long time coming like my only question was whether or not they'd hit the the wave of five nights at freddy's a bit too late um because obviously yeah this that and on demand release yeah that's so weird like now yeah. as we know go into this like i don't understand why this is on peacock in the states because it's doing tremendously well. Over the weekend, it made yeah. 78 million domestically um, and 130 million worldwide over the weekend. Um, so with a budget of 20 million, this has already made its, its money back and then some. So it's like a pretty much guaranteed a sequel. Um, and then a few of the kind of records it broke. Uh, this is the biggest Bloomhouse global opening of all time, which beat Halloween wow. in 2018. Wow. Um, it's also the highest uh, yeah, grossing opening weekend for a Bloomhouse film. So that's the same thing. Um, the highest opening ever for a PG rated um, PG rated horror film, um, surpassing The Mummy Returns. Um, the biggest original. 
original <laughs> horror opening of 2023 and the second biggest horror opening just behind the nun 2 that's crazy that the nun 2 did that well um Man. i'm assuming that's just domestic um also i just vomited a little bit then yeah it's also the yeah. highest domestic opening for the halloween weekend ever so not not in genre or anything just the most amount of money a film has made in the states over a halloween weekend um be beating puss in boots record um and yeah yeah i know that great um, <laughs> great halloween film um yeah. and then lastly the biggest domestic horror movie opening weekend of the year beating scream six um oh actually there's a couple this is the same one the the third largest domestic opening ever for a horror film behind it and it chapter two so this yeah. is killing it um yeah, and, and specifically not doing well this is like yeah insanity. yeah this is yeah. record breaking all of these things like it's it's gonna be arguably the biggest bloomhouse film ever um certainly mm. for a horror film um and yeah now it's beating all these records and yeah it's it's crazy and, and obviously they're gonna get that bump like halloween's gonna continue into the next weekend and stuff so i think it's gonna it's, it's easily gonna be like the highest grossing horror movie of the of the year um yeah. and there's been some big ones like we've had a lot of hits this year like the nun 2 was a hit um financially um obviously scream did really well um there's been a few others as well so it, it's like horror has done oh the exorcist made like over 100 million yeah. Did well, yeah like it didn't make its 500 million or whatever they paid for the for the rights which is absurd but it, no, it, in but, terms of know, a film it did fantastically yeah, yeah um, that's the problem they needed they needed marvel numbers exactly <laughs> yeah like marvel numbers from five years ago like not even this year's marvel numbers um so yeah it's it's uh yeah it's 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 a really good time like as you look at it it, it, it you can if you want to get kind of picky about it and obviously we'll talk about this film but you say okay are the best horror movies of the year being rewarded because a lot of them the nun and stuff that aren't even things we're even worried about you know covering um and then you, you see a movie there there was some that haven't done you know like scream's done well but it hasn't done as well as some of these other ones um mm. so it's it's yeah, on like one score, hand um, you know yeah like on one hand it's amazing to see horror doing well at the <laughs> at the cinema but if it's yeah saw is a great example but if it is like just the exorcist and the nun and stuff it's like is that a good reflection or not and the one thing about this is i know it's based upon a franchise which is why it's done so well but at least it's it's funny to see it that is a bit crafty actually the more i think about it the fact that they say it's the biggest original horror I opening was, i was gonna say i smirked at that um mm. when you when you read it because i was like <clears throat> is it an original horror opening like be, just because it's not theatrically like do we it technically we... is, but it won't beat those records like um, the one that Jordan Peele had when it was like biggest domestic opening weekend for a non-franchise film. Cause yeah, like, I guess he... that's the thing. I guess you just got to use the word non-franchise. Yeah, because he got that where it was like Avatar was the last one before, like the first Avatar, and then he beat that record. Yeah. So that that was insane. And that just makes you realize like god everything is a franchise like uh, that that was what that was we i mean we had that conversation at the time where i was like oh the only thing i can think of that would be close to that would would be talented directors you know these auteurs like a tarantino movie mm. a nola movie these aren't typically franchise films almost ever um so that's weird that he that he was able to beat those as opening um but yeah it's, it's absolutely killing it uh should we talk about it yeah we might as well let's talk about five nights at freddy's
So yeah, like we said, this is uh, obviously based upon the uh, the video game franchise. It's been around for about a decade at this point. Like, mm. it feels old. You know, Five Nights at yeah. Freddy's, I remember when it first came out um, and kind of really took over the internet for a little while. Um, and it was kind of riding that wave of, of when YouTube was first taken off and streamers. And it was just like the perfect game at that time mm. uh, because it was so easy just to show someone like what it is, you know. You're creeping around this abandoned place. There's going to be these crazy, crazy jump scares. Um, and it's wild that this franchise has... I really thought it would have been like a Slender Man, in my opinion. Because those mm-hmm. were the same to me. And I, I was always more intrigued by Slender Man, just visually. But that was just like a game that came out that had the zeitgeist for about a year. And then just disappeared off the face of the planet. <laughs> and like, yeah. that isn't a successful franchise. Whereas this has over a dozen games at this point I had new games that came out this year um so this is still yeah. still doing big big well, things the thing the thing that five nights has done weirdly is that it's it's bled into the because it's still like popular online and stuff mm-hmm. uh, by, like, on youtube and stuff it's it's bled into like children's kind of massive horror yeah. even though it's not mm-hmm. you know and so you go into a toy shop and you see Fortnite toys you see you know um all of these other things you see some of these horrid things like huggy wuggy and stuff but then you see five nights at freddy's there Mm, yeah and it's like sold as a toy yeah like as a kid's toy and it's like but these games are proper horror well (laughs) i was i was was... are horror games you know they are they are 18 rated quite high horror games that's well, what I was thinking. That's what I was they thinking. Were. Where I was like, yeah. "Are they?" Because I don't know. Because I've never, I've never really played one or been interested enough to play one. But yeah, I am curious if like the one that came out this year, for example, like is that is that eighteen rated? Um, yeah, I wonder if they've tamed, you know, uh, yeah, kind of tamed it down a bit and and uh, made it made it more more child friendly. Because I think you know there's there's a line and, and and you know we'll talk about that a lot with with this movie really where so much of what um five nights at freddy's is is kind of you, you can get away with like mm. this could this could be an episode of goosebumps until it decides not to be you know and and like we've said before that like you know when we watched goosebumps back in the day even though that was meant for kids how much of that was like quite scarring if you were a child that was scared easily yeah but like i could easily see five nights being in that wheelhouse um so just to clarify um the the game that came out in 2021 security breach which i think was one of the last sort of big mm-hmm. ones um that was rated 12 um, right yeah so yeah, for sort of, yeah moderate horror moderate violence and obviously this movie is rated pg-13 as well so it's yeah i wonder it's... what i wonder what the originals were yeah, I'll have a look about the original. Mm. Um, I'm curious. Yeah, I don't. But, that'd be harder to find because obviously I think that might have just been a digital only game. But uh, I'll have a look. But yeah, kind of going into the the, the plot of this. Um, basically, our, our lead Mike is this. <laughs> we get a lot of backstory on Mike. I'm not going to lie in this in this movie. Um, but basically, we find out that he has got this troubled past where his uh, brother gets kidnapped almost in front of him and almost that he blames himself for his brother's kidnapping. And we kind of cut to him as an adult and he's troubled and can't keep a job and is looking after his young sister and um, lands a job as a security guard at the defunct uh, 
Freddy's Pizzeria, whatever it's called, um, where the uh, Freddy and his gang are these kind of, I mean, I'm sure you know what the gimmick is. You know, the, these um, characters, these children's characters. I was trying to think, is it Chuck E. Cheese, that sort of thing? Yeah, yeah, the uh, These American kind of animatronic characters in these these little restaurants in, in kind of, you know, um, middle America that we just don't really, you know, we can't really relate to them over here. We've only ever seen this sort of stuff in movies. Yeah, I've always um, been fascinated by it. And it's, it's, it is surprising that yeah. there's never been like a British equivalent to Chuck E. Like, Cheese. Yeah, exactly. These gimmick restaurants where they have these characters, you know, and it's like we have them at theme parks, but we don't have them at restaurants like this. Mm. And um, but yeah, and, and basically he is uh, given the task to be the security guard for this place overnight. Why the fuck this place needs a security guard overnight uh, is, is beyond me. But it, but it does. And and he's been given the job. Um, and uh, yeah, the the robots don't want to stay still and uh spookiness um begins to happen mm. um i mean it's it's weird because i played a little bit of like one of the games i think um i think i played like the original one and uh, like a little bit and there was like four or five levels and you have to kind of you have to look at the cameras and and find certain things without getting jump scared basically and it was quite random whether you get jump scared or not and i just found it like annoying where mm. i was like god damn it i do the same thing and it you just get got and and I, but a lot of it was on the cameras and a lot of it was kind of these jump scares and movements and you know on the cameras etc um and this movie doesn't do that like it's quite brash and in your face that these are that these characters are moving whether they're moving on their own free will whether they've got a spirit what what the hell's going on or whether they're just you know the 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 animatronics come into life um you know the movie starts to unpack but the the the, the machines move in front of people quite openly f- throughout most of this movie yeah which I wasn't expecting going into it. Mm. You know, I thought it was going to be more subtle and I thought it was going to be more, um, you know, like we get with Chucky um, or um, Megan and that we're not Megan so much because she is just all moving and all talking, but you know, like Chucky and that sort of thing where it's kind of, you know, they might talk to one character, but then to everyone else, they're these, these lifeless non-moving things. And especially, you know, I thought they'd play into the security cameras more and that sort of thing. And I do wonder whether just the the modern Five Nights at Freddy's games have moved away from what I know the original to be. Yeah, I think they have. Um, yeah, where it's just more about these characters that that are, you know, 50-50, like, cute-looking kids' characters and really fucking creepy. Mm. Um, you know, and and they, they toe the line of that that really well. Um, and I think that's why they've kind of stood for so long, the, these characters, because they do, they do just perfectly toe that line of, like, this could easily just be a kid's toy that is completely fine. Mm-hmm. Or it could be like a crazy horror thing, and and you, you know the design is very good on them. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I guess the only other thing is the kind of most notable cast member is the the um, the legend that is Matthew Lillard, mm. 
who um I didn't recognise him initially. I didn't because I knew he was in this, <laughs> yes, and I was like waiting for him to get into this. And um, did you hear him talking? And I didn't think I didn't recognise his voice at all. No, no, that was the thing that was most unrecognisable. Is like his voice was very different, you know. And yeah, he is basically a, a counsellor for Mike and uh, suggests to him or, or says to him he knows of this job and suggests that he takes it. Mm. So he is kind of the counsellor and the guy that gets him the job um, at, at the at the Freddy's Pizzeria. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I mean, what, what did you think of uh, Five Nights at Freddy's? Um, not much, to be honest. Um it, it just it just wasn't for me um like i'm gonna try and keep it short who was it for well it's for children um to, yeah. to put it quite you know bluntly um there was a moment about halfway through the film where i had that realization and i was like i don't know why i'm watching this and and i feel like this was just one of those opportune moments that we got caught in the crosshairs of a a fandom and a community and a huge thing it just isn't for us and because it is technically a new horror film we then fall into that category of it should be for us but it's absolutely not for us this is a very you know a fan base which is loyal to this ip and loves it at this point um and clearly shows up time and time again for the games and this film is a success really um but it's it is children based like i just quickly did have a look and yeah it's always been 12 rated since the start um which does make a lot of sense now especially when you talk about the merch and that because i was like man that's crazy like you say how they have so much children's merch for this game Mm. it can't be you know rated like a call of duty game like that would just be insane and and so yeah it makes a lot of sense why is um I know. Yeah, I know i don't get it like some of the characters that are in Fortnite is is insane to me but um also, that is a whole other kettle of fish also like like i say i played that first game and mm. i do remember it being spooky you know and it's not but it is interesting like, how do you rate a jump exactly. scare exactly because... and i think that's the genius of it because mm. it, it is just you know freddy jumping up and it's not freddy krueger it's it's this Freddy, and you know, it's just a bear jumping out in front of you multiple times in dark, scary-ish places, you know. But you put a light on it, and it's like it's just a bear in a in a restaurant. Exactly, and it, and it was and like I say, if it if it didn't pop up, if it was fully lit, and it wasn't doing all mm. these things, like it would just be something so normal. Um, yeah. But like I say, it doesn't have violence and gore or anything like that, so. Yeah, it's it's just that was my realization watching this, and I, I've always known that this is, in my opinion, for children, um, mm. and it's kind of one of those gateway horrors, um, and, and it's, it seems like a very good one, um, but it it just isn't for me, and I think so. That that aside is like that's why I didn't enjoy myself watching this film at all, mm. um, and I'm sure plenty of people will like the target audience, but I'm just not that. Um, but kind of talking about the actual film, like. The, the setup I found to be painfully boring. Um, 
you know we talked a lot about films that this year that aren't even good films that had really good setups um really good characters and really good acting like the exorcist had that and is a terrible horror film um the boogeyman had that and i didn't think that was a good horror film the new insidious had that and i didn't think that was a good horror film like that's typically the thing that even the bad films get right is like the good drama good setup and and we talk time and time again at about how we're so lucky to get consistently amazing acting performances and this almost like took me down to earth and it made me like appreciate what we have more because i just didn't think anything about the characters um all the performances were good in this film at all and i've seen the lead three people in this film all in other stuff and all been good um so i know that it's not the actor's fault but i thought the performances were terrible um throughout the whole thing i think it is just because there's shit dialogue there's a complete lack of characters for starters um you know everyone is so one-dimensional like you see those final act turns a mile away because there isn't anything else to their character (laughs) you know it's like why else is this famous actor playing this one terrible character it's like well he's obviously going to come back in some important capacity so there wasn't any sort of intrigue or mystery and anything like that um i thought mike as a a lead character was one of the worst lead characters i've seen probably this year like he he is just so dull and dry and he's just one of these dudes that's just kind of moping through life and miserable and we then get this kind of bolted on backstory that has sort of no emotion to it whatsoever um what i would say is like the only interesting part i found in this film for me was that concept of him forcing himself going into these dreams um and trying to relive this this traumatic memory to try and gather more information about what happened and i was like man that would make an awesome film like if that was what you yeah well like i was thinking of like a nolan-esque thriller like early nolan like a memento where it is like he's this crazy dude who he hates being awake because those are wasted seconds where he can't be working out what's happening so yeah it's like the inverse of nightmare on elm street where it's a character that constantly wants to be asleep um and is constantly going insane um you know racking their brains trying to figure out this memory and they're misremembering things and then they can't tell if their memory's playing tricks on them i'm like god that's so cool um and that is not what we got here like that is just a a setup which is cool like the first time he goes into the dream and it's adult him reliving this childhood memory i was like oh this is awesome and then we just kept seeing it and nothing was really happening and i was like oh god this this is not good um so i didn't enjoy that i didn't enjoy the setup which takes about 30 minutes until we get to you're a security guard now and your job is to look after these these crazy things and, and now some mad shit's gonna happen and then yeah just it very much devolved into what i thought it would be which is just a you know jump scareathon, um which again is what the franchise is so the people that want that are gonna love it um but we don't like that typically in horror films um and i certainly didn't like it in this film um some of the <laughs> jump scares particularly this like bobblehead one was like one of the most egregious things i've ever seen in a film (laughs) to the point where it almost won me over by the end because the first time it happens it's one of the first jump scares that gets mike on his first day at the job is he opens a locker and the sight of a bobblehead makes him jump out of his skin and i I, I couldn't believe it i was like you you're you're fucked mate like if that's what the level that will scare you (laughs) you're so screwed um and and they keep using it they do it at least three more times in the film but by the end of it i was like okay this is 
almost funny because it's the shittest thing I've ever seen used for a jump scare in a film is just a bobblehead. It's just a normal bobblehead. Like, if you're scared of that, you people must get scared every time they enter any room with any sort of foreign object because it's just something so normal. <laughs> it was so bizarre to me. That's the thing, like, you know, are you just getting scared by lamps and stuff at this yeah, point? anything. Like, like just... a bottle of water on the side, you know, whoa, shit, what's that? Yeah. I don't trust it. Like, <laughs> I know, that's exactly how I felt. It was just so weird. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's just it, the horror didn't work for me. And then once we're getting to like, OK, we've now got the moving parts. We've now got like why his daughter's in this, how she's going to get involved with this place. And sister. I, oh, yeah, the sister. Yeah, um, I just um, I just ha- I just tapped out like I didn't care at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though there was some cool like animatronics and shit, um, even though it was like I was surprised how much it was CG. Um, it was like I would say it's probably ninety percent CG, which was surprising to me. It was very rare that we got a physical thing in this film, and it's like mm. that to me is weird because it's very, it's so easy to do like good animatronics. Like we saw it in Willy's Wonderland, um, mm. which for me was just a better version of this like that had enough of what i thought five nights was as a franchise but yeah. still delivered a fun film and i still don't think that film's that great but it was just it was what i would take from the franchise and make into a better film whereas i think this is almost a amazing um adaptation i think it's like incredibly faithful seemingly um for the little knowledge i have and, and i was really curious because i finished this watching it last night and i really didn't like it um and i did have a quick look to see what the reaction was and it is exactly what you'd expect where like critics fucking hate this film but the audiences that have gone to see it which is obviously if you're going to see a five nights movie that weekend you're a five nights fan they absolutely love it like this is perfect for them um so i'm sure like in the cinema people were screaming at all the jump scares and having a joyous old time um and so i know that i sound like old man shattering a cloud with this film um which is why i'm gonna try and move on quickly but yeah i just i did not enjoy this film um what did you think of it yeah i think i watched it in a good way which was in two parts Mm. and i really enjoyed the second half of the movie after not liking the first half of the movie well i say yeah. really enjoyed i enjoyed the second half of the movie it's definitely better yeah i wish i'd have done that because the first half is painfully slow because we get so much of this backstory and i agree with you that like they've built this lore of this character of mike and this him trying to go into this dream world and like the fact that he takes like posters to, to work to then like look at them to then get back into that dream state. All of that in a different movie could be super interesting and could be a really cool plot point. But I knew it was just fodder in this. Like I knew it was going to be fodder because all we care about is five nights guys running around. Like mm. it's all we fucking care about. So let's just get to it. And and so when we spent 45 minutes literally outside of Freddy's Pizzeria, like with with Mike and this dream stuff, I just didn't care because I was like, I know ultimately it's not really going to mean that much. And um, they do weave it into the finale and weave it into the the plot a lot. But it's just it's not what people are going to this movie for. And and like you said, the people that walked out of this movie at the, having a great time, they didn't go, Oh, Mike and his dream sequences and, and his brother and going into that. That was cool. Weren't it? They, mm. They'd go, Oh yeah. <laughs> Animatronics were cool to see, even if they are in CG, like they're, they're cool. Um, 
so you know i found that weird that they kind of put that much in and and yeah it did bore me because i knew it wasn't gonna give me anything that i wanted and and so i just wanted to see the 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 shit that i knew i was gonna get from this and when when i got that i found it enjoyable and i found i found this movie incredibly strange because i agree for you that this is kind of meant for kids but then they they in a couple of scenes very similar to megan we had a very similar conversation Mm. you know and there's a couple of scenes in this movie where they push it a little too far yeah and that's why it's got a 15 over in england Mm. you know and it and it just shows how much they give zero shits outside of america certification because (laughs) this movie would make way more money in england if it's a 12 but that way more money in england is insignificant compared to to the american box office yeah was this was pg-13 that's all that matters exactly but it's insane that this is a 15 because it it does cut out like so much of it and and like i know that uk cinemas are literally for the first time in years being strict on like id and stuff for this movie right yeah to try to like you know cinemas have said like we will be ideeing for this like you know multiple times and it's like when did they ever do that Mm. like could could a 10 year old got into saw like probably pretty easy you know but it seems like a 10 year old would struggle to get into this because they're being quite strict with it Mm. and it's just kind of it's just kind of farcical and i think they did just cock it up where you know the when goosebumps came out the jack black one and it was like oh no this is clearly a kid's horror movie and don't get me wrong that is tonally very different and and zany and everything else but it's like yeah we're not just gonna throw in like a bloody decapitation in this and and i feel like with five guys i know it's closer to um five guys (laughs) (laughs) five five nights at freddy's um oh man i want a five guys now <laughs> um you know I, I i know this is much more horror than than what the what the jack black goosebumps was trying to be but i just felt like they pushed it too far at times and like i wanted them to go um you know full-on um willie's wonderland but they should have toned it back you know they, they've had to just go crazy with it and and give me something more that i want but why would they give me what I want when I'm not a diehard fan? So what they should have done was scale it back more and just made it more universally. But I, I guess the PG-13 has paid the dividend that they need. That is so that's that's a really think... good point, though. Like, I <clears throat> didn't know that and because I knew it was just PG-13. And mm. obviously, yeah, we've seen we've talked about this all the time that like rated R, for example, in America, we could get that as a 15 or an 18. Um, mm. and, and like I say, those two um, rage ratings really don't mean jack shit over here um, in terms of difference. Whereas, yeah, like the idea that there is going to be so many kids in the UK that will love this franchise, that will want to go see it, and that's the only way to see it right now is go to the cinema, and then and they're not able to. And like I say... Yeah, Scream because, 4 was a 15. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like it is... <laughs> also that is a very harsh rating um because i get that there's probably like god i mean there is i could i say you could cut five seconds from this film and you'd have the easiest 12a ever like there's like two kills and they don't even go that hard it's just because there's a bit of blood 
where you, the kill happens off screen and you kind of see the aftermath just after it with with quite a bit of blood from the animatronics. Yeah, and, and there's a scene where you see some dead bodies as well, mm. like after they've been killed. And yeah, like I said, there's just a couple of cuts like that because I think then this this would be a really good gateway horror movie, mm. you know. But I think with those, you do have to like if you're a parent thinking, do I do I let my you know younger child watch this? It's like it does become a, a difficult conundrum because there's a lot of tonally spooky stuff, but the actual content bar than, yeah, maybe 20 seconds it is actually like not violent, you know, not, not anything that horrific. Yeah. Now knowing the age ratings of the game, that's exactly mm. the bracket that I would have put this after watching it. This yeah. film, I would have, well, I would have said between the ages of like 12 and 16, that like, that's that gateway, um age yeah. you know when you're then gonna start watching stuff and then you and then you're gonna grow out of it and then start watching like proper horror but like yeah. Yeah, that is the exact you know gap that i would put that and so that is wild to me that yeah they just in in this territory like i say they clearly don't care because yeah, they've just said nope because mm. <laughs> like i say i just don't 15 is that's wild to me but yeah carry on yeah yeah no it's wild to me too and um and and so yeah like I, I I enjoyed the Freddy stuff to a point, but I, I was the same where I was like, I've seen Willy's Wonderland that I enjoyed way more and I still didn't love that movie. Um, and with, with this one, it was like, okay, this was, you know, it was cool seeing these characters, you know, seeing, seeing these kind of animatronic characters that I've known for so long, even though I've not been that familiar with the games, you, you just see them all the time, don't you? Yeah. Like I said, you know, seeing them in toy shops and everything else, it's like, yeah, I kind of got a pop to see them, but, and, and it, but, but ultimately, um, <clears throat> you know, it, it, it was, you know, it, it didn't feed me what, what I wanted because obviously it wasn't for me. Um, and then when we got to the finale, I did get a pop out of, out of, um, just, just <laughs> what they did just because I'm, I'm, I'm me and I'm going to get a pop out of it, <laughs> even though it's, even though it's fucking low hanging fruit. I don't care. <laughs> Especially there was one mine in particular that, that was said and I, I proper pop for it. And, uh, I was like, Oh, you bastard. You put that in specifically for me. Um, yeah, they definitely, and, and... They definitely didn't get me. That, that just reminded <laughs> me where I was like, yeah, keep, keep this shit out of the new screams. I beg of you. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that's what was great about it because it did me where it gave me a pop, but also I was like, I'm glad it, I'm glad I'm getting it here and not in a screen movie. <laughs> I was like, I wish it was a better movie, mm. like, but but still, but yeah, like I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have a terrible time. I had a terrible time with the first half. I found it very slow and boring, but the the breaking it up into two parts, the if if i was just to review the the second half of this movie i'd be like yeah i had a, I had a pretty good time like it, it it moves along and and you know i got to see what i got to see what i wanted to see and maybe this should be an hour long movie yeah because it's quite long what is it an hour and 50 yeah you know and like i say i probably yeah i probably watched the first 50 minutes and then watched the second you know then watched the hour and yeah you know <laughs> if i'd have watched this in one go it would have been way more of a chore for sure yeah, definitely. Um, so what, what would your recommendation be for this one? Yeah, I mean, I think if you've got uh, a kid that, that's, you know, um, maybe 10 or 12 and they, they like horror and like these sorts of games, then you can watch it with them and you'll have an all right time. This isn't dreadful. 
if you're an adult horror fan that isn't going to be watching it with a child, then you know you can you can go watch adult horror movies and have a better time. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I wouldn't recommend um, this from my own point of view because I did not enjoy it at all, and I would assume that um, that kids would like it, but I, I don't know that enough. But uh, yeah, well said. It's uh, it's just a weird one. Like I, mm. even though I should have known this because now that I've seen the film, I'm like, oh yeah, of course. Like that. There's a reason why I haven't played these games for the last decade, and I'm a huge horror game fan because I, I I know this franchise isn't for me. You know, and I stick to my to my wheelhouse but yeah i don't know why i thought the film would be different um but they i mean they delivered i think on what they needed to do and, and clearly the box yeah. office is showing that so um i'm sure we're gonna have 35 nights of freddy's films in the next decade so look forward to that <laughs> i can't wait we we won't be talking about them so someone else can um but uh yeah that was our discussion on five nights at freddy's uh, we'll take a quick break and we will be right back So yeah, to uh, finish us off this week, a um, bit of television that happened in the past week. We need to discuss the uh, the, f- the fourth episode of Chucky season three, um, which unfortunately is the sort of mid-season finale, as it were. Um, so we don't know when we're going to see the continuation of this story. Um, and of course, full spoilers, as always, for our TV uh, chats. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought this was like absolutely sensational i i think this is probably my favorite episode of chucky to date out of all the seasons um, I, I i think it's it's everything <clears throat> i wanted the show to be like I, there wasn't yeah. there wasn't a single wasted scene it was 45 minutes that was over in a blink of an eye like the pace was almost too quick um, uh, when when we got to like there was a bit when we had about two minutes left mm. and i was like how the fuck are we only got two minutes left yeah, I was, I was like, it was when, when the president was walking after Chucky. Yeah, it's like, are we going to get him killing the president? Like, yeah. that was how I thought it was going to end. And I feel like if they'd have been more mindful of this it's being, a, yeah, 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 because it doesn't feel like one. Like that would be the only downside. Is that it just felt like, like say, my favorite episode of the show so far. But but it feels like, oh man, can't wait to watch it next week. Like that was my feeling. And then you have to remember, like, you can't do that. But like I was it was so aware of that as well, yeah, which is upsetting. It was it was what I wanted. Like the last two episodes were amazing, but we said it was I always found it disjointed that they kind of keep these stories separate for no real reason. And I get that they've cut the fat, as it were, because there's a lot less loose threads. Like it is only just Jennifer in jail right now, going on side by side with the White House stuff with the teens and Chucky. Because we didn't see Mika, did we? No, we didn't see Mika, and like Caroline still hasn't come back into it yet, and stuff like that. And like Andy was obviously not in this in any in a form. Dream sequence. Yeah, last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like in the entire series so far. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's like. It is smaller, just having these two stories going on, but they're so good and yeah. really captured everything that I love about the show because, like the like all the Jennifer stuff was superb. Like the the comedy was landing the the kill that she did, the voodoo doll kill. Oh my god! Was equal parts hilarious but also one of the most grotesque things i've seen all year um when when her face comes out out of that boiling water that is one of the coolest effects i've ever seen of like a melted face um 
so so it's cool gone to, it's gone to ash versus evil dead like that's what it that's what it reminded me of like that morgue scene yes yeah it was um so that was amazing but then what we got like the main crux of the story which has been building i've been enjoying it more week after week this was perfect for me it was it was it all made sense like why we're in the white house getting the kids in there which was something that we've talked about like how they're gonna do it and it was such a hilarious thing of yeah yeah it's just a party like and you and you're invited um so getting that was great um i love like when it's gonna be a bit slutty on instagram and the president's son's gonna (laughs) fly into your dms exactly yes (laughs) it's it's tried and tested um yeah yeah like the the fact that all three of them were dressed as different good guy dolls was was amazing i popped so hard when they came out of the car (laughs) like like devin looks so stupid in his like little builder outfit i loved it so much (laughs) um so yeah that was just amazing and then chucky like i think this was the best chucky we've had in so long like he's he's doing stuff like him with the little mask like him in an outfit is always oh, gold yeah um but it then like, so yeah i love it but we get to see him walk loads in this one and i always love seeing that like real puppetry it just always sells Ooh. it as a doll so much better um the the chandelier kill was incredible and when we see the little cut to him like chuckling away as he's unscrewing yeah. the, the, the nuts i i just it's so good like i reminded me of dobby yeah it was everything about this 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 is what i love about chucky this had great humor great kills it was like a great continuation of the story like jennifer tilly just smashing it as always and the teens all have an interest in stuff to do um loved it easily yeah easily my favorite of this bunch but i genuinely think it was it was my favorite overall because it had everything it had drama it had comedy and it had unbelievable kills and like the production value like they showed so much of the white house from the exterior to all the inside with all the costuming all the camera work like this felt bigger like i when you think about how many episodes we had like at least three episodes last season where we were just stuck in that one place that was just one of them we were were just stuck in like a fucking chapel yeah like whole episode oh, it was so boring to look at whereas everything about this is exciting and chucky to me so yeah i i could not have loved this anymore this episode pissed me off because <laughs> i was like how are you how is it this good mm. where i'm like how are you even making them at this point yeah. let alone you're filming you know your your set your location in the white house uh, you know you're getting these you're getting these fun cameos from people it's like how uh, yeah i just don't understand how it's getting made mm. you know when when keenan popped up last week i yeah, like lost yeah. my mind and i i just don't get it and 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 it and it's gone back into this fantastic you know just continuation of the story and and also i was like man when when i'm watching it i'm like i'm obs- i'm as obsessed with jennifer tilly as don mancini is yeah. like when i'm watching this where I'm like, she's just fantastic in every way. Mm. Like, she's terrifying. She's hilarious. She's hot. Like, it's just everything where I'm watching it. And I'm like, I don't understand why she's not on in more things. Yeah. But then I realized that, like, I'm not sure whether she's acting at this point. That's the thing. Like, I, what I love is that there are so many layers to it at this point. Yeah. That, like, I get lost myself when she's talking to people and she's, like, See, correcting like, them on her name and stuff. Or... And, yeah, like, I loved when she's talking to that woman that she kills with the voodoo yeah. doll. And she's like, 
you know, I loved you in this film. And she's like, oh, no, that was my sister that I killed. And then you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. like she killed her sister, but it wasn't actually her sister because this is now Tiffany. Like, it's just, it's just insane. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. Well, and I love that we're in the the joke as well. Mm, That's the thing. Like, yeah. like I can't, like, th- this conversation is for such a few people because if you've <laughs> not watched Chucky, like, all movies and then the two seasons beforehand to get into season three like don't bother yeah you watch you you know if you start season three of of chucky and you've you because we've been talking about it the last few weeks you're you're out of your mind Mm. like because that's you know you just can't do it and and so it's for such a niche group of people and and yet they're delivering such killer content so i'm i'm yeah i'm so happy with it i would assume that's um, why they do that the whole like they keep it separate for a little while because they try and hook yeah. new viewers with just a brand new story Which is hilarious it is hilarious because then it's like okay well what about episode three yeah, <laughs> yeah. like because those people are gone like so if you, we already know this is such a niche thing we already know who you're making it for just double down and that's what <laughs> this episode to me was was like yeah you need to know everything about these characters and if you don't see you later and and if you're in like we are you're gonna get so much good shit i forgot the whole i love this storyline with chucky as well yeah. him aging um yeah and, and Dembala, like you know yeah them, like, it's like, fantastic. that is one of the coolest new chucky dolls we've seen because they did some so they had ideas, shall we say, in the last season about different Chucky yeah. dolls, and I don't think any of them landed for us. Where we were like, no. these are these are just stupid. But the idea of this aging Chucky doll is Phantom of great. the Opera Chucky oh, doll. It's so good. It's I need it. one. I absolutely need one. It is, it is the best Chucky we've seen since Bride of Chucky. Mm. You know, where it's like, um, yeah, you know, so unique and like, yeah, last season when we had like buff Chucky for yeah. ages. Yeah. And it was like it was just dumb. Whereas this this yeah, it's fantastic with with a great story point. And yeah, I'm really excited to see where this whole kind of Dembala and him aging and everything kinda does mm. kind of go. And like and then Jennifer with her just voodooing people and now having mm. a bunch of zombie prison guards that are gonna just walk her out of the gates. <laughs> like that's fantastic as well. Like it, it it really did end on such a high and it, the, the only downer is that we just know now we have to wait uh, an obscene mm. amount of time possibly like as, long as, we, as long as we get it yeah, yeah as long as we get it like i i don't know what will happen if like i mean i couldn't think of a stronger point riot. for them to end we but yeah riot. if if we if for some something happens heaven forbid and for any a multitude of different reasons and it means they can't continue it i'll be so Ooh. devastated because they are on fire right now um and they are producing on the level of season one and they could easily eclipse it because i think now they've really the these storylines just work like i was so i mean we've heard it on this conversation like i was so unsure on that first episode and how much that's completely turned around where i'm like this is the best scenario we've seen chucky in in years um and it's and and they've also stripped it back having we've only got one chucky right now which which i think is is a major thing like he he feels like (laughs) our chucky again and and it feels like an actual story of shit like there's a ticking clock here like i need to kill these people otherwise i'm done for and this is all over and like it hasn't felt like that for a while it's felt a bit too easy to just be like yeah you can just always make a trillion chucky dolls at this point well yeah and it's like Um, tiff you know tiff is in jennifer's body and mm. she is on death row. 
Yeah, I love you that. Know? It's so cool. It's it's great. Like there's there's so many parts of it. It it really is great. The only thing that also annoys me is I just keep looking at that arrow set now. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, like I want that, and then I want them. Then I want Arrow to do the 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 Chucky TV complete set when when this is all set and done. But I don't know whether it ever will be because I think this is just a forever thing now. I hope so. I hope so. I hope so too. Um, the only, yeah, it's been a joy. The only other thing I was going to mention was I did catch myself up on American Horror Story. The new oh, right. the, so and, is it over now or? Uh, no, no, we're on episode five. Right. Um, the um. Yeah, that's out right now, I believe. And um, yeah, like it's it's grown on me a bit. Like it's it's slow, and it doesn't have like this amazing horror in every episode. But it is because um, I think it I might even have a break now. I think I'm not sure whether that's got the same problem as. Um, yes, it is split into two parts. Yeah, so I think that's it now as well. And it's like it's. It's good and it's been building up with the odd thing and it is interesting and also because Emma Roberts is the lead and I just like I really like her like she is definitely carrying oh, the show for get, me. Don't get me to watch it. Where like you know just just seeing her is great but I wish it was a better story but then mm. it, but it has just grown on me these last couple of episodes where I'm like oh okay I know what American horror story is now where it's like it isn't this really crazy you know i think back of some of them earlier seasons and just like some of the stuff that was in the episodes and like the cool halloween episodes and all of that it's like that's gone now and it's like yeah now we have a 10 episode tv show that probably should be three or four mm-hmm. and will you get a good story from it let's see and like this one is interesting and is building in different ways um so so yeah like it's it's definitely not as sour as last season but it's still nowhere near the highs that it needs to be and in particular with with what we've had tv this year mm-hmm. um you know when we're talking about little stuff like chucky that is just like killing it we're talking about well we haven't talked about it but you know creep show that that was delivering what it you know what it says on the tin really you know it delivers more creep show maybe not to the level we had before but it's still doing what it you know says it want you know what its mo is and then and then you know we've had these two just absolute killer horror tv shows this year Mm. it's like yeah american horror story has been kind of you know left very much on the back burner yeah it's i i had seen that it stopped there and so that's why i'd assumed that it just finished um Mm. And so now seeing that I'm because it yeah it's obviously split into two parts. Um, I'm guessing like Chucky, but because like I don't know if I'm guessing the story isn't over. Yeah, um, yeah. This this is just um, yeah. Like if there'd have been an episode next week, you know that's it, there's it's just continuation. Because obviously it is a bit confusing with that because they have had like split seasons before, so that mm. is why it is a bit confusing. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm this, guessing this, that is not the case. Full season, yeah, of the story with Emma Roberts. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I wonder did. when that's going to be back. It's so weird, like what a time we live in, where these shows are just getting like stopped. Did I tell you what the the synopsis is of this one? Yeah, I vaguely know about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, like it, and it is interesting. The cast definitely was like had me intrigued. Yeah, um, where I might watch it at some point, but especially now knowing that it's not even all out, I'm not touching this with a barge pole until it's mm. until it's well and truly all out there. Um, but uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, 
but yeah, that is it for another week. Um, we've got a few things on the back burner. We've got that new um, Hell House movie, yeah. which would be mm. nice to see on the old Shudder. Mm. Um, so I'm sure we'll get to that. Like you just mentioned, we've got Creep Show as well. We might have to just squeeze that in at some point. Um, but yeah, good good stuff to talk about. The uh, the Halloween season always drips into November, which is always nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was episode 369. Thanks for listening as always, and we'll see you again very soon. See you later, everyone. I never could, how could I start that?